The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Hey, you remember how last time we brought up uh, the Tim Anderson thing again, and we also referenced uh, Tim and Josh Awkward Show Weird Job? Yes. Well, we've got another update on that. Josh Donaldson was just released by the Yankees. That's not surprising. No, no. So I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> there you go. It's 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 just something I, I was actually listening to the last episode of the podcast yesterday in the car just on a whim because I was running errands all up and down the state and there was no there's no baseball games on on a Tuesday afternoon and I was like hey let me just check this out to make sure the sound quality is still coming through properly and yada 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 not that I didn't trust you in the first place but you know just no you shouldn't well yeah I mean that's a different story um and I, I I heard you know we were talking about the Jose Ramirez Tim Anderson thing and um then I saw later that Josh Donaldson had been released and I was like oh how the tables have turned oh boy so just weird just absolutely there's karma Kramer (laughs) <laughs> there's kramer karma karma kramer karma <laughs> is that like karma chameleon karma come kramer in i've been re-watching the old seinfeld episodes when you're not and... re-watching uh the golden girls right it's like yeah. i i go back and forth and then i do curb your enthusiasm right and then of course you have to stop for old episodes of the price is right that's right yeah um so yeah it's just when you go back and watch rewatch seinfeld it's like I find I find different things funny now than I did like twenty years ago. Right. Like I used to like Kramer the best. Not that he's not funny now, but now I'm gra- now I gravitate towards George because well, I am. I was George. gonna say you are the George Costanza of our circle. But but like the conversations between George and Jerry are like are so funny. I, yeah. It's it's great. So anyway, I've been doing that. So I've been quoting Seinfeld a lot lately. Good. It's the autism. That's okay. I mean, listen, out of all the things that you could be quoting, I feel like that's a victory. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's not it's not like you're it's not like you're quoting, you know, Mein Kampf. Hitler. Yeah, because we both went there. Wow. (laughs) Canceled. That's it. (laughs) Wow. I cannot believe we've made the same Nazi reference. Wow. Well, Okay. It's all in your hands now, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> you ready to play some golf? Yeah. Oh, believe me, we're gonna have a lot of time on our hands. Oh. After man. this episode. Oh. Let's, let's just when we go and play golf on Friday, let's just walk in and just go. Hey, anybody here a Nazi? You know, so see what happens. You know. You never know. Yeah. You, no. <laughs> it's not like we're quoting "Heil, honey, I'm home." Right. Have we ever For talked about that you, on the show? Yeah, uh, no, we haven't, and and uh, we shouldn't talk about it too much more. Okay, but 
do oh it from God. a historical perspective. So we're it's, not actually endorsing anything. It's awful. Like it's funny, but it's awful. If like, you if just, you Wikipedia this, I don't even know if it's on Wikipedia, but it it might his, be the history of this is what was this the early nineties? I think it was ninety one or ninety two. So the BBC green lighted a show like a sitcom called Heil Honey, I'm Home. And it is literally supposed to be this 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 sitcom about Hitler and Ava Braun mm-hmm. living in a you know an apartment building like or, a brownstone exactly if you will and and they have their 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 neighbors are the Goldensteins <laughs> and and literally so, somehow this got through everybody up the chain. And right. it got canceled and pulled off the air halfway through its first episode. Right. <laughs> now, you can still find the one episode, I think, online somewhere. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. And they have, I mean, it's, I won't even go further than that because I think that some, of, I don't know if some of the lines are appropriate for our show. I feel like that might even, that, even that's crossing a line. Right. But, oh, my God, it's amazing what they were able to get away with for that, like, 15 minutes that they were on the air. And remember that the BBC, at least then, I think, they were running shows at a different time slot. Like, if you've ever watched, like, British shows as they've come over to America, like, the, the, the some of them are, like, 40 minutes long. Right. You know, like I remember watching, you know, Comedy Central back in the day when they would run episodes of uh, Absolutely Fabulous. And it would be like and there would be like three straight episodes of Absolutely Fabulous at like five, five forty and six twenty. Yes. And then at seven o'clock, they would go back to their normal half hour programming. Although I think Kyle Honey, I'm home was was a typical like it was a 30 minute thing. Minute, OK, yeah, like 25 minute. OK, thing. I, I I think so. At least It was but. just oh, man, don't don't shoot us because we're just trying to recite history right okay we are simply the messengers we're not actually commenting on that show we're going to comment on other things shoot us for that right (laughs) speaking of speaking of shooting us welcome to how you play the game the official podcast of the Osa oh. Foundation Incorporated. I quit. <laughs> Yours truly, Jack Furlong, apparently now solo. Okay. <laughs> she talked to you about what's going on in the world of sportsmanship. It's the first episode of the month of September in 2023. Glad you can be with us. As always, check us out at osafoundation.org. Contact the show via email with the address podcast at osafoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com slash Joseph Foundation, Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Foundation, hashtag how you play the game. Uh, somehow he's still on the screen across from me, although he has quit. The producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Uh, Sean, uh, hello, honey, I'm home. <laughs> Hi, dear. Hello. <laughs> I, I like uh, how I like how you you assumed a particular role. I know. Especially since you've quit now and you're not you know apparently under contract anymore uh well you know i'll pop in and out yeah I'm in. <laughs> the, the, the kramer pop in the pop in you know or the elaine pop poppin'. in yeah <laughs> pop you know who pop and fresh is 
I think so. That's yeah. the name of the Pillsbury Doughboy. Really? That's his name, Poppin' Fresh. It also sounds. It also sounds like a rapper. I also. I think it also sounds like a porn star, but. Right. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I learned that recently, and I put it into a a, a trivia thing. Huh. Yeah, Poppin' right. Fresh is his name. Did not know that. No, well, nobody knows it for that. They call him the Pillsbury Doughboy, hmm. but apparently, Poppin'. I mean, if you look at his birth certificate. Oh yeah. It, it says Poppin' Fresh, play, place of of birth the oven okay well i mean which you know what which state denial uh, inebriation okay i should probably just back off the oven thing after we were talking about yeah <laughs> don't no you can't wave me off i'm trying to back <laughs> off of it okay good okay i'm not trying to go down this road but you can't wave me off you don't even officially work here anymore okay that's, that's true i guess so, i don't, well, I don't have to listen to you <laughs> right okay. oh, oh man okay so so let's move as far away from the hitler talk as we can right now yes okay um and let's just dive in with no segue to today's topic because that's the best thing to do right now all right, so a um, an article came across my proverbial desk that ended up actually being about uh, a month old. And when I saw this, I was like, hmm, first of all, why is uh, Twitter sending me this stuff um, you know, a little a little too late, so to speak? Um, but it was worth my research, especially because of the nature of it. So here's what, so here's the, the article it's from NJ.com. Uh, and the article is called ex Rutgers coach faces shocking allegations of toxic culture, doctor drug tests, punishing workouts. Okay. And it came out, uh, July 26th, um, written by, uh, uh Manuel Gomez for NJ advanced media for NJ.com. And I I'm reading through the article and from there is when I started to research it a little bit more. So let me just read some of the parts from, from the article to kind of set the stage, okay? Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck, an assistant at Rutgers from 2010 to 2011, is facing serious allegations of a toxic and intimidating culture from former players and staff within the Gophers program. They're the Golden Gophers over there, okay? Uh, former players and staff uh, spoke to A.J. Perez of front office sports under conditions of anonymity for fear of retaliation. Among the accusations, players reported feeling like they were in a cult, having to clap each time Fleck entered the locker room and abide by a system called the Fleck Bank. The Fleck Bank allowed players to earn coins that could be used to get away with positive drug tests and other violations. In a statement to front office sports, Minnesota insisted the university's drug policy is applied equitably throughout the school, but a pair of other players confirmed that some players got away with positive tests, according to front office sports. An employee of the athletic department also accused Fleck, who is in his seventh season at Minnesota, of imposing difficult workouts as punishment. Students reported extending bear crawls, extended bear crawls and burpees until they threw up. The allegations don't end there. Fleck was accused of rushing players back from injuries. Um... One player told front office sports, those athletic trainers did a lot of things because Fleck forced their hand in that medical room, whether that would be getting guys back earlier than they should have been or minimizing the seriousness of some pretty horrendous injuries. A lot of the tra uh, trainers did a lot of things that, the that they maybe shouldn't have done, even if they didn't agree with it because of Fleck. Uh, athletic director Mark Coyle released a statement to front office sports. 
quote, PJ and our program are unique. They put themselves out there in new and different ways, but always in a first-class manner. And after nearly seven years, it is clear to me that is that is what makes PJ and our program so successful. I always encourage all of our student-athletes, including every member of our football team, to reach out to me directly if they encounter any issues. To date, I have not heard from a single football student-athlete about the allegations raised. Um, end quote. This isn't the first time Fleck has been accused of running a toxic culture at Minnesota. Um, says here, according to David Cobb of CBS Sports, quote, in 2018, CBS Sports obtained a memorandum in which a former employee warned the Minnesota Board of Regents of a toxic culture within the program. The person said if, quote, issues continue to go unaddressed and things do not change, the health and welfare of student athletes at the University of Miami are in jeopardy, quote, unquote, et cetera. Uh, NCAA has not made a statement regarding these allegations. Um, going on here. Uh, Wait, Miami or Minnesota? Minnesota. Did I say Miami? Yes. University of Minnesota are in jeopardy. I apologize. I can't read typed writing in front of my face, which is... <laughs> The title of your upcoming yeah, yeah let's go with that that's fair so <laughs> so so that's so that's the the you know the, the the consensus of the article that came across that that where i started to look at this stuff okay so i began to kind of google pj fleck look at news and so the and the first thing that stuck out to me is the fact that this story is a month old and i'm thinking to myself why didn't you know why is it taking a month for me to see something like this. Not that it's anybody's fault, but you would think that something like this would get a bit more publicity. Right. So, so in Googling it, um, you know, you, you can see from a month ago, the back and forth, like I think uh, ESPN has a bunch of different articles that, you know, where, where first they report on the story and then they report on Fleck and the AD coming out and saying, this is baseless, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, so so I, I so then I started going through the um so some of the stuff from front office sports. I went to the source uh of uh of of where this nj.com article uh was 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 quoting. So here's the here's the article from AJ Perez in front office sports from and it was also from July 26th. And uh the title is Former Players Staff Reveal Troubling Allegations of Toxic Culture under PJ Fleck. All right, so we move on here. Um, okay, they describe an environment fraught with intimidation, toxicity, and reference the Fleck Bank, which we already kind of discussed. Um, according to you know, according to this article from Front Office Sports, this is, says here the Fleck Bank tracked community service, including visiting patients at the University of Minnesota Medical Center with Fleck and was a way to keep tabs on player studying habits. Multiple former players said uh, two former players and those who provided information on other players were given Fleck Bank credits. Um, additionally, unprompted, the term cult was used by multiple former players and former staff members to describe Fleck's row-the-boat culture spelled out in the so-called Fleck book that players are given when they join the team. Fleck said he developed the row the boat philosophy, one he laid out in a 2021 book of the same name. That was an approach he also used at Western Michigan, which is where he was, I believe, right before he went to uh, Rutgers. I'm with you. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, then there's the quote from Coyle that we discussed already. Um, it says here, um, 
through the front office sports interviews, row the boat was more than just another way to say never give up, as they described it, as the underpinnings of the program's troubled culture. Hang on one second. Um, you almost wondered who was a rat and who wasn't a rat. Uh, first player told FOS, uh, you always felt like you had to keep your guard up. They told us we could seek help with a mental health counselor and get some therapy sessions, but our schedules were so busy that it was like, when would you do that? Uh, some of Flex recruited uh, recruits tested positive, but he looked past it because they had coins in the Fleck bank from doing community service or staying around to pray with him. Uh, he wanted you to be family and he wanted you to do whatever he wanted you to do. Um, let's see here. Uh, the article goes on to say a first strike for a street drug doesn't trigger an automatic suspension, although a player is required to undergo a medical evaluation and a review panel would convene a meeting with the player and a member of the coaching staff. Coaches, however, may enforce a more restrictive team policy or team rule, according to the University of Minnesota Athletic Department's drug policy. Fleck, who is now about 42 years old, does have his admirers. Um a uh, former uh, former uh, player like defensive back uh, Coney Durr said the following, quote, it's not for everybody. Um, you have to be ready to go through that. It's a program, and over time, you get acclimated to what's going on. There is a lot of terminology he uses that is a little different. It can be like a foreign language. Uh, it's not some program where you're just going to come, uh, come in, clock in your hours, work out, practice, and go home. It's going to be a little more. There are a little more requirements and a little more effort not only on the field but off the field. Um, let's see here. Uh, two other players who were holdovers from the prior regime told front office sports that indoctrination started right after Fleck was hired as head coach in January, 2017, Dan nickel, Minnesota's head football strength and conditioning coach who followed Fleck over from Western Michigan and intern at Iowa under disgraced strength coach, Chris Doyle gathered the team together after Fleck was hired. One of the former players said the instruction was simple. Clap whenever Fleck entered the locker room. Once uh, a third player told front office sports, quote, we had to practice giving Fleck ovations multiple times. The first time because some other people in the back were not moving as quick as he wanted. Uh, two other former players said that Fleck would re-enter a room if he didn't like the ovation he received. Okay. After that first team meeting in 2017, players received a three-ring binder. Uh, they were required to memorize on and on which they were tested. Um, front office sports obtained several pages of the binder, uh, um, which I I kind of went through a little bit. And and it's 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 not it's just weird. The binder I should describe. There's nothing in there so much that's very incriminating. It's just a bunch of like bullet points and things with acronyms and stuff like that. So there's nothing directly in the binder, I think, that says, like, you will do this, you will do that, blah, 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 blah. But um, one of the acronyms was described by the third player. It was uh, it was called family, and it was short for forget about me, I love you. And the third player said, quote, he was making us say forget about yourself as an individual. I was baffled because it's not anything logical. If you forget about yourself, then who are you? And a fourth player added, quote, it's based around flex ego. You have to talk a certain way. You have to be a certain way. Within that building of the University of Minnesota, it's very much like brainwashing. Um, players, at, at least in flex few seasons with the Gophers, were tested on what was included in the book. And players with some, with, with some saying there were 
uh, repercussions, including punishing workouts for not scoring high enough on those exams. Uh, the pages obtained by FOS include nomenclature, commonest sports with inspirational quotes, and most are, most are pretty self-explanatory, such as the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret, uh, your how creates your who, if you're juiceless, you're useless, and if you're juiceful, you're useful, and roof over your head better off than 73% of the world. But some of the nearly 20 acronyms players were tested were on were more abstract. H-Y-P-R-R, which I guess is hyper, uh, how yours process result response. Think, which is truthful, helpful, inspirational, necessary, and kind. FIST, which stands for family invested, same time, or keep it tight. And S-F-A-M-S-F, S-F-A-M, start fast, accelerate middle, finish strong. And then this one, this is the one we, we actually kind of laughed about something similar to this many moons ago. Um, it's called, are you elite? Remember that whole be elite thing that we did many moons ago that we commented. Mm -hmm. All right. So this one said there was only one acceptable answer when Fleck and other staff members asked you how you're doing. And that is I'm elite. The first player who commented to front office sports said, quote, it was sickening because I wasn't okay. I wasn't in a good mental spot. I was struggling. I was fighting every day just to get by or find hope. It's not natural to say when someone asks you how you're doing, I am elite. When I said I'm good, Fleck would respond, oh, you're not elite? He would either get all frustrated and walk off, or I'd be told you're supposed to say elite. Inside, I was not feeling anywhere near that. Um, from the outside, this is an uh, end quote. From the outside, the first player admits uh, that having to respond to a coach or uh, to a coach a certain way may not seem all that big of a deal. But the first player and other former players told front office sports, including those not quoted directly in the story, that the clapping binder and dogmatic use of elite were the underpinnings of a culture that fostered mistrust among teammates and a fear of speaking out. Uh, which included the following. First, Fleck, Nickel and others on the coaching staff were obsessed with players weight, according to multiple former players. Um, it says here, uh, the first player said, I had a teammate who was supposed to gain weight and he would have to drink three protein shakes in front of Nickel and his staff before he could leave. He started defecating pink liquid. Additionally, former players said they felt rushed to return from injury or didn't have their injuries treated properly. Uh, the fourth player said, those athletic trainers did a lot of things. We, well, that was the, that was the quote that we said earlier. Um, the board of regents guy is his, from before his name is Michael Sue. And he says, quote, it's disturbing, but not surprising. Uh, my fear has been that has been there were a lot of these types of incidents. I assumed they were doing everything they could to uh, to hide things, to not let these things get out. I fear that there is a lot of intimidation involved with the athletes to make sure they keep quiet. Um, I said that that Sue was the one who uh, contacted uh, the Board of Regents before. Um, according to, according to this, when he, when he raised that, um, he then did an interview in October, 2020, where he described that in response to Sue's comments, then board chair, Ken Powell, and then vice chair, Steve, uh, Sviggum responded in a November, 2020 letter to Sue, where it says, quote, that charge is untrue. No, uh, Powell and Sviggum, by the way, are no, are not currently on the board of regents. But it goes on to say it ignores years of positive external and internal audit results and high integrity work behind those workouts. 
But a year later, Sue took notice of a WCCO-TV story where three players described how their time as Gophers were cut short by career-threatening and, in one case, career-ending injuries suffered in practices under Fleck. That CBS affiliate, WCCO, reported that half of Fleck's first recruiting class of 2018 transferred were forced out of the sport due to injury or just quit. The story detailed how, despite nursing injuries, Fleck and his staff continued to push players. In a statement to WCCO, a university spokesperson said the claims contained in the story were investigated and, quote, no finding of any uh, rule violation or other mis- misconduct was found. Um, Durr, who was quoted earlier, uh, says the following. In the game of college football, some dirty ass shit goes on. Um, it's a lot of work. I talk to so many guys in different schools and they do their best to go by the book and there's no bullshit there either. We always did things by the book. I was on a leadership council and I was a captain. It's a great program and I highly recommend it to people who want to improve their life on and off the field. Continuing, uh, after an athletic department medical staff member raised concerns about student-athlete treatment and training practices, the U.S. Council for Athletes Health, which is the USCAH, conducted a review. Front Office Sports obtained the final report, which was never made public until now. The 37-page report generated in 20, uh, September of 2018 doesn't single out any of the sports programs within the Minnesota Athletic Department, but did state, quote, interview da- data indicates there have been incidents where exercise has been used as punishment for student-athletes. Continuing, athletes had to run stairs at 6 o'clock with plates over their head for minor drinking, run by strength coach, but coach directed. Another employee of the athletic department stated when asked about using strenuous workouts as punishment, quote, do you feel uncomfortable with the coach requests? Yes, with the previous coach, not with, not now with current coaches. Uh, the second, uh, then, then we talked about the bear crawls and the burpees, um, The report stated that, quote, it appears there have been very few situations where physical or verbal punishment workouts have occurred. Uh, indications are that the majority of physical workout punishment sessions took place as a result of team rule violations. Regardless of the number of incidents of exercise punishment that have occurred, the practice must be ended immediately. Significant safety issues are always the concern when physical workouts are used in, in a, as a form of punishment. Um, and remember, this all stems from uh, a 2019 uh, change in the NCAA guidelines when um, University of Maryland football player Jordan McNair uh, died suddenly uh, due to a strenuous workout in the summer heat. Um, kind of going back to the treatment of injured players, the report hit on the uh, independent care of athletes. Uh, one unnamed athlete said, quote, as long as you are making progress, coaches follow the medical recommendations. The way the coaches make you feel, you would rather play hurt than put up with the conversations with the coach. Are you sure you are hurt? The review, the report also called for the Minnesota Athletic Department to develop better policies for oxygen depriving training, massage therapy, and in developing formal processes for education compliance analysis regarding student athlete health and safety. Um, player with an undetected heart condition went down during one of the workouts run by Fleck and was forced to medically retire as a result, the first player said. Front Office Sports confirmed the incident with another uh, source with the promise to not reveal the player's name for privacy reasons. Uh, Luckily, he's okay now, the first player said, but they kind of ran him out of there. Um, Continuing, uh, investigate time of crisis. Uh, That kind of goes back to the Mark Coyle thing. Um... 
Issues. Oh, this is good. Okay. With issues within the University of Minnesota Athletic Department have become public before, such as the following. From 1993 through 1998, an investigation showed the Gophers men basket, men's basketball team committed academic misconduct. Head coach Clem Haskins took a buyout after the 1998-99 season. An NCAA investigation released in 2000 concluded the violence were, violations were significant, widespread, and intentional. The Gophers were placed on probation for four years and were docked scholarships. Wrestling coach Jay Robinson, who worked at the school for three decades, was fired by uh, Coyle in September 2016 after he attempted to conceal a Xanax distribution ring led by a dozen of his wrestlers. Coaches cannot decide to conceal knowledge of misconduct and attempt to handle matters on their own, Coyle st said in the statement. After a USA Today, uh, USA Today investigation into Marlene Stolings led to her ouster as Texas Tech's women's basketball coach in 2020, the toxic environment fostered during uh, Stolings' Tenure from 2014 to 2018 at Minnesota came to light. Two players uh, who played for Stolings at Minnesota stole the, told the Star Tribune that they raised concerns, including players being urged to play through through injuries and having their scholarships regularly threatened with a consultant hired by the athletic department. Um, it says here, let's see, if, uh, going into some Northwestern stuff um, with some hazing. Um, some uh, flex fingerprints and branding, including the row, which is row your boat motto, are on the team's helmets and other gear. The first player got rid of the gear he received during his time there, which uh, which took counseling to undo what he experienced as a gopher. He says, quote, I do have some PTSD. Anytime anyone asks me about the U of M, they're like, oh, that must have been great. And I'm just like, not really at all. I don't like thinking about it. I love my new life. Most of my U of M stuff I don't even want to touch. I have donated it just because I am, I get sick or frustrated looking at it. It should be nice stuff, but even some of the uh, the shirts have all of his slogans with misspelled words. Fleck is trying to be the next bit, uh, next big best thing, but there's no point or need. So that kind of, you know, says everything you need to hear. And then obviously, um, a lot of there's been a lot of denial back from Fleck and some of his other players. Um, in order to give it, it its fair due, this is an article also from Front Office Sports that came out two days after that first one that says former Minnesota player pushes back after P.J. Flex denials. Um, so, oh, so I, I apologize. What I should have said was um, on uh, the day before that came out on ESPN, this is an article from Adam Rittenberg, July 27th, where Flex begins uh, calling the, the allegations baseless. Um, kind of going through this article here i'm looking okay fleck says quote our program culture has proven to work on and off the field and it's always done in a first class manner there are tons of testimonials from past current and future gophers um in uh, discussing the fleck bank he says quote there was no currency ever exchanged there was no there were no coins that ever existed it was an analogy simply to explain investment for life a life lesson of investment simply that no one ever got out of any type of punishment for that um he added that punishments used in the program are cleaning the weight room early in the morning or watching videos on tardiness and for those who are late to classes, writing letters to professors. Uh, Fleck told ESPN that the claim stem from a former Minnesota faculty member who he said clearly had a personal vendetta against myself and our football program. Um, Fleck goes on to say, you are who you are and you're running a very, very open, transparent program. Our university knows that. Our athletic department, our athletic director know that. And they experience it every single day. Um, that's when I'll go now to the next one where it says former Minnesota player pushes back after PJ Flex denials. 
Uh, this this particular player pushed back after Fleck denied it by saying the fact that he is saying he has never used workout uh, workouts as punishment is such bull. Um, uh, red shirt, uh, red shirt, senior tight end uh, Brevin Span Ford said, "Quote: I wouldn't say it works for me." Uh, talking about the Fleck Bank and other stuff here. It's an analogy speaking about how we do community service and to pour into the program like the program poured into us. We have unlimited resources, and because we got those resources, we're expected to do good things in the community. Um, it says here, um, one former player told uh, said they were done through the 2021 season, these... these uh, culture workouts that are the punishment workouts this player says quote one of my teammates was feeling super sick and was coughing up blood he went to the trainers beforehand and said he could not get through it because of how he felt the trainer said it was nothing and forced him to do the workout the trainers were too scared of fleck to say anything um talk more about some of the other stuff that we discussed already So I guess that kind of sums up the whole thing. Now, I'm looking at you, and you're you kind of got a, a a look of shock on your face. Would you like to comment first before I kind of dive into some things? Well, um, especially since I just talked for a while, and I'd like you to talk I, now. Yeah, I uh, it's it's I think I can't remember where it was in this article, but it's. It's not surprising. Yeah. This kind of I mean, this is obviously a an institutional level of of poor I don't even use the word poor sportsmanship. This is just absolutely just horrendous. This is this is this is a form this of is, torture. This is this, this is, is this is terrorism. Horrendous. Yeah. This is right. this is violence. This is literal violence. Um so uh, the, I, I, you know, it just, uh, it, it's amazing how much he was able to get away with. And, and again, these are, these are claims. This is not a, this is, you know, to be fair, I'm not trying to defend him here. I'm just saying that these are, you know, we, the, the claims are such, for, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. You have to, it's, it's innocent until proven guilty. Correct. Right. Um, so the claims are horrendous the claims right. are out out of this world crazy um my my thought is that i would almost say it's more mental than physical yeah i mean he's literally brainwashing these athletes into he's even got people working for him who are scared of him yeah like the trainers like what like this is, you know, you have the ability to quit, you know, like, and, and I think that he has sort of taken the autonomy. He has sucked the autonomy out of these players and mm -hmm. trainers and has said, you are useless without me. Yeah. And, um, this is your family now. Right. When you say, when you say shit like that, if I if I ever go to any if I'm ever in any sort of group activity where the first words out of someone's mouth is forget your forget you love me or whatever it is forget me 
I love you kind of, you know, basically creating you. creating that new family type of atmosphere like, where they want you to you forget. Say, yeah. We're a family. This is your family now. I'm like, nope, I'm gone. Well, it's very, I, I mean, it, it, it I rings just, true of like military stuff. It I, brainwashes and breaks you down in order to, to build you back up a different way. Right. right. And the thing is, the difference here is that they're not dodging bullets. Right. <laughs> That's very true. No, they're you're playing, no, you're right. playing a fucking yeah. game. Yeah, like this is, it's this like is, yeah. this is not this is not life or death. Although for some of these kids who are keeling over, they're pretty close to death. Well, and don't forget also that a lot of the you know in in these types of cultures, you know, because they can't see it the same way that we were discussing it with the, where what is really life and death and what is not. You know, the they look at these sports as life and death. As if it is the same as some sort of military exercise, you know. If you, if well, because you, people like Fleck make them look at it that way, right? Exactly, and and, and, but, it, and it you, really isn't. You can kind of it's like following the you know the source back and back and back. Where does it where does it begin? Where does it end? You know, the, there there have been coaches of sports across the you know across the the globe across the entire spectrum of all of this where people look at this kind of stuff and says and say like you think this is a game like no it is a game you know that's that's it kind is. of like no it yeah, is you know exactly <laughs> you know you know how many times i've run across coaches who whether i was a player or an umpire or anything like that will will say things to me like you think this is a game and i'm like yeah it is a game this is not life and death bullets are not flying here right you know right and then i end up not working those those games anymore because right. i you know umpires at the lower levels are in the customer service business to kind of look at it, you know, in, in a different way. So it's it's just a really, really odd, incorrect way of looking at it. But I, right. I, I I'm with you. So it just it it, it just um, the psychological torture is uh, is is through the roof here. Yep. And I I think that um, I think more in depth, I, I, I more in depth investigations have to occur i'm sure that will but from but from third parties like yeah. not don't do an internal audit just get someone get someone who has no stake whatsoever in this and and have them conduct an conduct an interview and an investigation and then you know go back which i mean they it sounds like there has been already some investigation right but pre prior experiences the, with different teams but. the the question is that though do you know i mean it, it almost the, the way these articles are written to describe the scenarios um it's almost like maybe that was tried already and fleck has so much power that he, even he can influence those independent investigations to a certain degree and again this is this is just a i'm not making this to be a, a claim or you know trying to base it on fact it's just that you know it's it's almost like a like a like a villainous movie plot where you right. know, some someone actually has the ability to uh, manipulate these independent claims just because they are in a particular position of power. And I'm sure that there are going to be detractors who then turn around and take something like that and say, well, that's just called politics in, in the United States. And look at, you know, various presidents who have done this and that, you know, and I'm just like, I, again, well, I get can. it. I'm not trying to <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to use comparative suffering here. I'm looking I'm trying to look specifically at this situation right now. We don't have time yeah. to go into that other thing. All right. I think yeah, the other good. I just I I feel like that the the amount of the amount of hazing here mm -hmm. and uh, which again I think that's not a good word for it because this goes beyond 
hazing. This yeah, is hazing seems to be more of like a like initiative sort of right, and it's also it's also kind of like a horizontal thing in that it's almost player to player. Mm-hmm. This is a vertical thing because it's between player and coach, right? You know, so I don't. Really- I don't. Yeah, yeah, basically, I'm not sure if hazing fits, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Continue. This this sort of, uh, you know, you using. I never understood the concept of using exercise as punishment because that you should want to exercise so that you're healthier, and that you should, and so that you can p- perform more efficiently on the field. Right. Like you you shouldn't be using exercise as punishment. That's like stuffing broccoli down a kid's throat, you know, when when they're when when they could possibly throw it up again. Right. Maybe they have a harsh reaction to it, like the kid with the protein shakes. Yeah. Like that's fucked up. Well, you you're you're you don't know what his body is like. And then when he says that he's not feeling well, they say, "Oh, are you really not feeling well? Yeah. Are you are I what happened to you not being elite? Or what what happened to you being elite? Like it's this pressure that they're putting on these players, this undue pressure. And you know, at that point they complete and he gets to them first. Yeah. Right, he gets to them. He gets to their mind first to make them stop questioning everything, and now they're just scared of him. Well, and and that's the that's the bigger issue, I think. Let me let me throw this out there. And again, I'm not trying to defend any of this by any stretch of the imagination, but let me just throw this out there. You know, for let's say let's say we're in like a middle school type setting, okay, and a kid gets detention and has to miss part of a practice as a result of that. You know, the the punishment for that from the from a coach might be you need to go run a lap around the track or something like that you know does that make more sense because it's at the middle school level you know what i'm saying i don't know i I mean because it does well because i mean and granted this is kind of an old school thing too i i mean there there used to be this i i guess i again context is everything and there are different shades of all of this I can understand, not that I necessarily would agree with this at the moment. I might have agreed with it before. I might agree with it later. But at the moment, I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with it. I can see how someone could make an argument that says, okay, there is a particular type of punishment for a particular type of player based upon these types of things. Okay. If you are, if you are a 12 year old boy on any athletic team, and you know football team baseball team basketball team whatever and you do something like that you know an academic you know miscalculation so to speak and you know your coach says as a punishment i'm you know, i want you to go run a lap in order to you know kind of subconsciously reinforce the fact that this type of behavior is not acceptable there's a difference because first of all the kid is 12 and second of all running one lap around the track it's not the same as doing these excruciating excruciating workouts that will eventually cause you to throw up. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I used to I actually used to do that when I was a baseball coach of kids between the ages of like 15 and 19. And it was never meant to be uh something that was to that nature. Right. But like one of my policies was if you miss a sign it's either one dollar 
or two laps. And, and it was a way to use psychological reinforcement to say, don't miss signs. And I said, you can, you, I said, you choose. If you don't have the dollar, that's okay. You run two laps around the field. So, you know, you run, you run from, you run from the plate to foul pole to foul pole back to plate, et cetera. Now, is that, would that be considered improper today? Would that be, would that by context? Probably. See, to me, to, <laughs> I I, listen. Well, let's look at the alternatives. Okay. You could always just pull them out of a game. Okay. So, I mean, so because they're they're there to play because they want to play, right? Okay. So then why don't you deny them? Why don't you deny them the game? Then be like, nope, you're out. Like yeah. you you mess mess up, you're out. Like and then and then talk about the talk about it with that afterwards. I feel like, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like running laps. If someone's if if I did something wrong or I made a mistake and I was forced to run a lap because of it, I would quit. I'd be like, "Well, this doesn't this doesn't prove this doesn't t like I feel like if I was instructed on how to do something, right? And and taught and and talked and pulled aside like after a game and said, "Here's how you look for signs. Let's go over them again. Let's let's get the let's get the understanding down." To me, like running a lap would not make me understand how to read signs. You know what I mean? I feel I feel like if you instructed that person and gave them the individual attention on how to do something to, to prevent them from not being able to do it or like, you know, give them a little study guide, maybe. I don't know, something like kind of like what <laughs> I don't want to compare this to Fleck with his book right. of different terms and everything. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like if you gave like a little sheet, a cheat sheet, to each of the players like here's what they look like and here or or practice going over signs during a practice spend a little bit more time on that see now like hey you know what guys i noticed you missed some signs let's take five ten minutes to just go over them again let's go out in the field let's see if you can read them from a distance and let's see how and see let's see what you do and we can go over it that way you know what i mean i know what you mean and i'm not trying to say that you're wrong by any stretch of the imagination I just feel like there are a lot of assumptions that are made in that type of of going through of things where it's, you know, you're 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 almost you're assuming that philosophically everything is going to go according to plan, right? And it kind of follows the same thought of, okay, let's say someone goes out and um, commits a crime, mm -hmm. okay? Let's say they steal, right? You know, we have we have you know, punishments set up in this country where if that person is, you know, caught and convicted, they have mm -hmm. to serve a penalty you in cut, prison. You cut their hands off. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's fair. Suddenly this is Riyadh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess my point though, is that in that type of a situation, do you sit them down and say, Hey, let's talk about why you're stealing. Well, I think it's a little different, right? I mean, you're breaking the law. <laughs> contextually, yes, but philosophically, no, because I mean, I mean, you're it's it's about the it's about the importance that you place on the particular item in you know in general here, and right. and the punishment for for not abiding by that particular rule, you know, and I don't, and that, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, like in terms of like philosophically comparing one piece of context to the other i understand right. that 
and I understand why you could you would think that you know and everyone's different too like maybe some people would some people would react to running a lap a little bit more positively because they could they maybe it gives them time to think right while they're running and be like oh yeah and that's okay. another reason that I would also offer the one dollar or two laps oh, you don't want you don't want to run two laps give me a dollar you know I'm not, you know, now you're going to change the signs on purpose. So you know, I'm, I'm not money. that guy. Thank you. Thank you. Not that guy. I just, I, I just feel like, all right, let's take it another place. Okay? I mean, that's and a again. great idea. Oh, oh to make so. money. Yeah. Change the signs Milk on purpose. Milk those kids for all their oh, work. You know how you kids have been working this summer to try and save up for something? Well, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. And it's gone. Um, I mean, again and again i'm taking this i recognize that i'm taking this in a place that that contextually puts it differently right it takes what about the you know spanking your kid argument right okay because i can recall in my you know in my upbringing okay there you know do i what, what do i believe that hitting kids is the way to do it not necessarily but you have to know your kid. You have to, you know, and I and, and I know that there there will be people who testify that spanking your child is one of the few ways to get them to understand, you know, if I do X, I'm going to receive a punishment. Right. Okay. You can now you can substitute spanking your child for almost anything else now. You can mm -hmm. you can bring down you know this havoc in this 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 tirade of of yelling at the kid and that them and, and bring them to tears because of it and never actually you know lay a hand on the kid but you can do more psychological damage yelling at that kid that way than spanking right. the kid you know right. so I so it's not the philosophy of what is the appropriate way to motivate people or to to dish out punishment <laughs> or to positively or negatively reinforce particular behaviors is so gray. And I'm not trying to defend anything that Fleck did here. But what I guess I, guess I am saying is, you talk about it yourself, read the room. Yes. Okay? Yep. It, this is about reading the room and trying to put some of those things into context. Okay? I'll, I'll, I'll give you another good one. This one, you, I'm sure you can relate to this one. Let's say you have a musical ensemble, and no matter what you do, they're not getting something. They're not understanding how to play a particular passage or to adhere to a particular dynamic or tempo change or anything like that. And you you go through it a billion times, and they're not getting it. At a certain point, aren't you going to lose your shit? I would just take the part away from them. Okay. After, but 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 yeah, I would get frustrated and I'd be like I'd pull him aside and be like we got to put someone else on this. So, but that and I guess that would be the equivalent of pulling someone out of a game. Right. Okay. I buy that. I'll I mean, but but in terms of like uh, what role they play at that given moment. I mean, right. again, a musical ensemble and a game in terms of a concert and a game or have many parallels, right? Right. I mean, they if they're not getting this one section, I could be like just you know, just stay out of that. Yeah. And then come in where you understand how to play. Right. Which is, you know what? That's fine. Some people and some people would be actually okay with that. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling this. I'm not getting it. And 
And then, you know, after the concert, you take some time to reflect and go back over the part and try to spend some individual time on that part. But, but um, yeah, it is the equivalent of pulling someone out of a game or out of a couple innings or it'd be like, hey, you know, you know, this, you're not cutting it today and I'm pulling you out. Or, or you, yeah, like I said, we, like we said before, you miss some signs, you keep missing the signs. Maybe you need some time to reflect. Yeah. Why don't you sit this one out? You know, and, that's, and, and, but, but to some people that's detrimental. Yeah. That's like, oh man, I got, I'm out of the game. I really wanted to play today. You're right. You know, they're looking forward to playing all day. And then the, the coach tells, and then you miss a few signs and the coach, t- that'll be like, that's a great way to learn. Like, yeah. oh shit i better get this i I better get this under control now you know but again again you're right it depends on the individual person right right some people react more harshly to being told that they can't do something versus something that they're forcing to be you know they're told to do right right some people when they run laps they're like oh yeah okay i can see that and like he gives them time to think and but with other people who run laps they're probably thinking this isn't going to help me yeah you know so it depends it, again it depends on the individual and you know a coach much like a director or or a teacher plays the role plays many wears many different hats yeah they are not only a coach you are a therapist you are a family member not to the point not not the fleck family i was gonna say right? you you just talked about the family you're, stuff you're, you're 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 to a certain degree a family member a mentor a therapist a teacher a a supporting role Mm -hmm. i mean you're not just a coach yeah you are part of this person's life to some degree and you have to show the individual attention to each of these each of these team members you know it's not just about being a team it's you are individuals right and individuals have their strengths and weaknesses that's called and then together the gestalt if you will Mm -hmm. or the team chemistry right is is it comes from that so being a being a coach is just not a one-sided thing it is you are you are dealing with so many people so many attitudes so many personalities and you got to put them together like a jigsaw puzzle it's a hard job right it, it really is and you and everyone does it differently so you know we say like don't coach during the game right you know coach in between games sit them down and that's where you really learn and i agree with that wholeheartedly because you're telling me in the middle of a game to look for something it's in one ear and out the other. Right. I'm not paying. I'm just nodding my head and blankly staring. And I've had coaches like that before growing up. And that's why I've quit because it's yeah. just, it's not helpful to me. You... I've had coaches that made me run laps and I'm right. like, this is stupid. Why am I doing it? I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like this is, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. So I don't know. Everyone responds differently. Like if a coach pulled me out of a game, I would be more, I would be like, oh shit, I better get my, you're more embarrassed and you're really, that's probably doing a lot more than it is to say, you got to run the laps after the game kind of a thing. Exactly. Like it's not so much, it's not so much what the coach is doing. It's how the, uh, what I'm thinking about the other people are thinking of me. Yeah. Right. If I'm, if I'm sitting on the, if I'm a bench warmer and my teammates are looking at me like, why isn't he playing? What's wrong with him? I'd be, you know, that's what I'm thinking in my head. That to me is more psychologically like oh yeah time to get on my feet and start working and then maybe i can spend some individual time with the coach and he can go over some things right do you think that, that the lap, to me makes more sense do you think the lap running is an option when taking someone out of a game is not feasible like let's say you have a baseball game and you only have nine players and you can't take someone out of the game 
That's true. Do, I mean, does, um, does, does that become something where you say, look, I can't take you out of the game right now because otherwise we forfeit. After the game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to run some laps. That's a good question. I don't really know. I don't know. Depends on the kid. Yeah. You know, you don't want to lose them. You know, I, I, I mean. Well, that, but see that now, that also leads to something that I was thinking as you were saying, you know, talking about some of your prior experiences, which is, are we getting to a point where more and more kids these days, possibly because of their entitlement, are heading down that road of if you even try and punish them, they'll just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, that depends on the that depends on the parents, right? I mean, yeah, I so mean, so much. Of, I mean, that's growing. Let's be honest, right? You know, I mean, we it is. the way that you and I grew up, and I I know we sound you know like old fogies when I say that. It's the way that you the and good I, old days, yeah, the way that you and I grew up with, and and the way that we dealt with those types of threats and punishment and whatnot, good, bad, or indifferent, is significantly different now than you know based upon how the kids are reacting today. I mean, now right. the kids today are you know one thing goes wrong and they're flipping out and saying i'm not doing this at all and then you've lost right. them completely so so right. there's no i mean th this is an age-old question about how the, the youth today don't respect their elders and yada 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 i mean we can go it's, i don't think it's really necessary going down that road at this time but it is it is something to consider because you can i mean do you really just have to kind of hold your breath and say i have to enforce a punishment like look look at what, what we deal with in higher education Someone doesn't do their homework, they keep getting a bad grade. Rather than yeah. rather than getting the bad grade, now they're just like, no, I'll just drop the class. Right. You know, I mean, like, we're how many how how deep are we gonna go that's, that's with true. people yeah. fighting back and forth like this? Because I just feel like as as philosophical as as this is, and I and I totally admit that I should be probably doing more things like pulling kids out of the game than doing the the, the lap running thing. Not that I've been coaching at all any, you know, recently, but but to see kind of where I've matured, you know, that's that's an important step in my progress. That being said, we, you know, there's there's where, you know, there, there's just so much ambiguity now. Right. You know, the, the context here is so different. And I feel like it's when we look at something like what Fleck is doing or claims to be doing, et cetera, yada, 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 that's so different. And oh, that's so world. That's a different world. That is then what just we're discussing. Right. You know what I mean? We can right. we can agree that that's wrong. I'll make my ten year olds chug some protein shakes. There, How's that? That <laughs> sounds like the title of the podcast. Right. Ten year olds chugging, chugging protein shakes, which is also right. probably what's going to get us in jail. Right. You know the the Hitler stuff. No, but the ten year olds no, chugging right. the shakes. Yeah. Right. Right. So I get. I guess. And and the other point I want to make too is that with this thing with Fleck. The truth, I feel like, is usually somewhere in the middle, and multiple things can be true at the same time. Right. So, so I don't have any reason, obviously, to doubt the players that are that are coming out against this. But I feel like at the same time, it's very possible that maybe Fleck is is is, is not being truthful, and and that these kids are also overblowing it. And again, I am not trying to belittle or minimize what these kids may be experiencing. I've been there. I've done that. Okay, I understand that what they have experienced is very real and very traumatic. Okay, but the truth is probably a bit more in the middle. To I'm I'm guessing here. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe 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 there is a, a someone on that staff who has a personal vendetta against Fleck, and that person has coached these kids to say things in a particular way, so it comes out worse. 
Mm. You know, it's possible. I'm not saying that's exactly what's happening, but it's possible. Those are the types of things that I think make me scratch my head because I'm not trying to excuse anything that they are claiming Fleck has done or is doing. I'm not trying to do that at all. What I do want to know right. is where does the truth actually lie? So many of these things, okay. I mean, how, how, many, how many of these things turn out to be somewhere in the middle? Right. You I know? guess time will tell. Yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. You know, so I guess I guess what we can agree is that these claims are outlandish. Not mm -hmm. that the I mean, I mean, the I shouldn't say the claims are the stuff that they are claiming to do is outlandish. Right. It needs to be. Fixed. Oh, yeah. OK, right. we've we've agreed on that. But I think it also it also puts a, a spotlight on the the question of sportsmanship comes down to, well, how are we going to discipline? How are we going to get these kids to understand certain things and to abide by certain rules because we know that the the, the rules of the game have changed significantly right. you know and we have to we i think we're all still learning we're all yeah. still trying to figure that out sure and we have to read the room yeah because you don't want to lose kids but at the same time you do want kids you don't need to be brainwashing kids into a cult no that's a that's extreme okay but you do yeah. need kids to understand that there's a right way to play the game Right. You know, so. And I, I, I guess the final thing I'll say is the fact that this has been not a bigger story over the last month. What does that tell you? Obviously, it's low priority. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like it's like, OK, we kind of got to the, the end of this and now the news cycle is going to change. Right. So there's a there's a lot in here to dissect a lot. Yeah. And. I don't think we're going to be able to solve anything. Not now. No, no but we'll, but we are able to kind of, I, I, I like the fact that we've been able to kind of highlight some of this stuff and I've learned something today, you know, which is, I think very important is that that, that old the book way is that the book can also be a hat. Correct. I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, I just, I, I feel like I've grown in a sense now, just from our discussion to saying, you know, that, that whole running laps thing mm. may be antiquated. And you have to read the room. Some kids are going to respond to that. And some kids are going to respond to being taken out of a game. Right. You know, and you, and then you also have to t take into account things like the personality of the kid. Are they going to just going to up and quit? Uh, mm -hmm. How are the parents going to react? Um, you know, are the conditions of the game such where you can't take them out of the game? There are right. so many things here that will drive us absolutely bonkers if we try and go down it even more. But it's worth it's worth Everybody we'll talk about it on our next golf round, which will, which will be very, very soon. But let's not do that because let's instead drink and uh, shoot 80s. Sounds good to me. OK, great. That's we've 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 nailed it. <laughs> great. We have nailed it. Well, Sean, thank you very much. I always appreciate this. Of course. And uh, we thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back in uh, just a couple of short weeks to talk more about some of this stuff. If anything comes out or just some new stuff. But remember, you can check us out at osafoundation.org. Contact the show via email with the address podcast at osafoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. And until we talk to everybody again, please remember to treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.